We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Liar. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. What's going on, folks? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for Blue Wire. And joining me tonight is my co-host, former NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. Dude, what's going on, man? How you? How are you feeling right now? Hey, well, I'm feeling very appreciative. And I, and I don't think I brought this up to you, but, like, what you do is not easy. Like, you, you host every podcast. And you hold everything together, the topics – um, you do the ad readings and everything. You know, obviously I have my Croc Talk podcast that I do, and I had a couple of even. I mean, they're guys I know. Like I, I've been knowing these dudes for years, and I had them on, but I had to be the host. And as I hit record, I'm like, oh damn, like I'm not used to doing this. And it definitely wasn't as smooth as uh, you make it look. So uh, you make it look pretty easy. It was tough on on, on but I made it through it. But I just wanted to say, hey man, you know, I appreciate you for for all the hosting that you <laughs> that you do. And I mean, we wouldn't do this podcast if you weren't gonna do because I couldn't host, I couldn't do this by myself. And I specifically reached out to you and was like, hey man, like, hey, let's do this together. I need you. And hey, by the way, you gotta host this whole thing. But you do an amazing job, so uh, I appreciate you, man. Oh, dude, I, I mean, I wasn't ready for that kind of positivity to open up the pod. That makes me feel. 
all warm inside. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Uh, yeah. All, yeah, it's it's cool. It's I mean, and if if y'all didn't know, the Strike and Gold podcast with Robin Croc wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Croc because Croc was the one that called me and was like, and I don't even think at that time we ever even spoke on the phone. We met in person though. Guys, um, and he, briefly, he's like, hey, man, camp, right? right, right. And he's like, hey, you want to do this? And I, and the, one of the first things I said was, as long as I'm not hosting it because. Man, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't think I can do that. And uh, and here we are. Here we are. Yeah. But I appreciate that, man. Very kind of you. Yeah. Very kind of you. Hey, but if you want to know how much I really appreciate Croc, and this could get a little weird, but I, I mean, I, te- I I sent him an audio message this morning. Last night, I had the funniest dream I've had in a long time. I dreamed that me, Crocker, and Devontae Adams were chilling in, like, a school parking lot after hours, kind of like as the sun was going down. And and I was, like, gassing up Devontae Adams. Because I, I, Devontae Adams went to Fresno State. I went to Fresno State. I watched him throughout his whole Fresno State career. And I'm sitting there, and and I'm just gassing him up. Like, dude, you're, like, the best in the NFL, man. And I used to watch you at Fresno State just dominate, and now you're the best in the NFL. <laughs> and he's being all chill. He's, he's like, yeah, man, I appreciate that. He's being hella chill. And I was like, man, we should we should just run some routes and throw the ball right now. And Devontae Adams pulls out a football out of the, the front pocket of his hoodie. <laughs> like there would be some football hidden in his hoodie. He pulls it out, and he, and he throws it to me. He's like, all right, man, let's do it. Like I'm the one that's supposed to throw the ball. And I look over at Croc. I was like, Croc. You still got it? And, like, Croc was already, like, tightening up his laces. And he's like, oh, I still got it. <laughs> so they walk yeah. out onto the grass. Devontae Adams gets in his stance. Croc's playing, like, two yards off of him, ready to roll. And then, and then I'm like, basically, like, before I said hut, I woke up. And I was fucking pissed. I was like, I didn't even get to see what happened. Like, I was so angry at what happened. <laughs> I'm I locked them up. Of course, we know we know what happened. No, I'm joking. I know, I know, I know. I'm, that is. I've what had happened, a, but it I've was, had a chance to to get in front of Devontae Adams, and I I passed on that opportunity. <laughs> I was. Yeah. Um, he, he, so his so one of his best friends, Marcus McDade, he was actually a backup quarterback to David Carr or Derek Carr, excuse me, while uh, they were at Fresno State. And McDade, like he worked out at the that training facility. I worked. I worked for what last five, six years or whatever. So Devontae Adams would come through. So you know, I'd see him. You know, I, you know oh, what's up, Devontae? You know, what I'm saying, Tay, what up? You know, I act like I know him, but I really don't. But <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but I had opportunities to get in front of him, and I'm like, I'll let y'all do your thing, you know, do your thing. But I told you that I would I would relay the message to to Adams. I get that to him. You know who else? I mean, I know you're a big Fresno State guy. Did you see Josh Harper in our mentions? In ours? You, yeah. Well, he I, come I remember like, that. So when Josh, Josh, Josh. No, nah, like yesterday. Dude, I missed it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Josh, Josh holds like all the receiving records at. at yeah, uh, man. Uh, Josh Harper State. was. No he joke. broke them. Yeah, he broke them all like after Devontae Adams. But um yeah, Josh is another one of the homies, man. Like, you know, he would always come through to the gym and everything and we work out together and push each other and stuff. But um yeah, no, nah, Josh yeah, Josh is a real real cool dude. He's been like coaching and stuff, so he's doing well, his that's thing. That's good, man. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, it was, we got forty nine uh, stuff. I know they probably they probably didn't want to hear us talk about all this stuff. <laughs> all right, so tell me 
your first, what are your just initial thoughts on what the 49ers have done over the past, without even naming off all the names, what are your initial thoughts on what the 49ers have done over the past, let's say, like, week? Man, my my, my initial just, just thoughts, uh, like, just waking up today, seeing Trent Williams. I know you said don't name him, but just seeing Trent Williams. I was no, 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 you don't have to not I, name him. I'm just saying, like, I'm not okay. going to name them all. You just tell me what you're thinking. Okay, just addressing those things. I think they did a good job of bringing back the guys that they had to bring back. There's one guy who, if I had to swap one guy for another, I would have said, hey, instead of bringing back Yushek, can we bring back, you know, Kawhi Williams? But, you know, aside from that, uh, obviously Juice, you know, he's a, a big part of the offense and what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. So he brought him back great. Um, but I think the 49ers really, and kind of my overall take from today is, they are in a great position to be able to take best player available. Um, you know, obviously there are some places where they definitely can improve, but I do feel like they have starting caliber players at every position. Um, you know, if it were up to me, I, I think I'd be out like, hey, I'm still going J.C. Horn, right, because I just want to really solidify, like, the cornerback position, get some youth in there. Um, and obviously, you know, I like everything else that he brings and how he can compete with the big dog receivers in the division. But, I mean – just looking at it, I just got all excited again because I've been, I don't want to say down or pessimistic, but I, I've just kind of been like, ah, you know, we'll see. We'll see what it looks like, you know, who are they going to resign, you know, what free agents and whatnot. And, and then they made these little moves, and now I'm just, damn, I'm excited for the draft just to see, hey, can we land another starter in the draft? And then from there, I think 49ers, if they stay healthy, they, they can be really good. Like, you know, and obviously you don't want to say like Super Bowl, but they they could be that type of team that competes for it. You know, obviously they have to stay healthy. But just the the moves that they've done over this the last few days, um, I think they put them in position to to be really nice going heading into the season. So or at least into the draft. So um, I I really like some of the things they've done. Not this big splashes, and I I was never expecting that. My my whole thing that I was expecting was more so of just can we retain our own guys? And not only did they retain their own guys. I think center and guard have been like big question marks. They address center with somebody who at the very least is extremely reliable. Um, he is old, but he's reliable. And then, you know, obviously bring Trent Williams back. But, you know, now it's like, oh, okay, right guard is the only position that might be up in the air. But I, I think Brown School, he'll, he'll do fine. When you, when you start adding pieces around and you feel more com- com- uh, confident about the offensive line, I think Brown School, he'll, he'll be solid at guard. So I, I like what they've done. I'm, I'm way more optimis- optimistic today. Than I was even yesterday going to sleep. Yeah, I, I'm. I mean, I'm blown away, man. Like, obviously, I knew that they were kind of putting themselves in position to be able to re-sign some players just by the moves they made. You know, at one point, I think they were up to like 32 million in salary cap. I don't think it ever got more than that. But even then, like, you think 32 million in salary cap, you're not really thinking like, okay, maybe a couple of players. But the way pretty much all of these contracts were were written. It's kind of like not a big cap hit now, and that cap hit steadily grows throughout the course of the deal. Um, but, yeah, the, obviously the premier signing of the entire free agency was left tackle Trent Williams, who signed for six years, $138 million. And Croc and I were texting last night, and I was like, man, I think the 49ers are going to have to sign him some, for something that I, I think I said four years, but I was like, it's going to be around $22.5 million, and I feel like the guarantee is going to be around $60 million. And they ended up paying him uh, $23 million, and the guarantee was, I think, $55 million. 
So it, it was close. And I mean, at least I was in the ballpark, I got, I guess. But I, I mean, signing Trent Williams to the biggest offensive line contract in NFL history, then going and getting Alex Mack for center, who we even talked about on locker room on the podcast. We, I mean, I guess it was kind of predictable. It's not like we had foresight or nothing. It's just a kind of a predictable move. And then, you know, then they got Samson Ebukam, and then they got Jason Verrett, and then they got Kyle Yushek, and then they got Emmanuel Mosley. And I know that to a lot of you guys, those names may not be flashy because they're names you've been hearing. But, I mean, you got to understand that what happens in free agency is you're overpaying. You're usually overpaying for a player, and you're introducing him into a new system on a new team with new teammates and new coaches, and you're just assuming that it's going to work out or hoping. Well, bringing all these guys back that have already been in the system, that already have already proven that they can do it uh, on this team and have already established relationships with these teammates, like as long as they're good players, that is the quickest way to success. You know, and even the, a new guy, Alex Mack, has been – this is his third team with Kyle Shanahan. He was with Kyle Shanahan in Cleveland. He was with Kyle Shanahan on the Falcons. Like, and then, so he's now he's stepping in and you're, so you're not going to have any issues with that guy. The dude's a crazy veteran too. So he like, he's not going to have any issues stepping in. Samson Ebukam is just, I mean, he's just a pass rusher. So there's not a whole lot to learn there. And so, and they also added DJ Jones, who's pretty, that's a pretty underrated deal. Now he kind of struggles to stay healthy, but at the same time as we've seen him do some pretty freaky stuff uh, when he's in the game and, and having a constant rotation on that defensive line is super important. So, I mean, consider me like if you had to – like I was pretty impressed with what they had done before I went to sleep last night. And then I woke up and they added Trent Williams and Alex Mack. So, I mean, if I had to grade it, I'm going like A+. plus. Like, sure, could there be some changes? I think so. I mean, obviously that could always be the case. But, I mean, I was just totally blown away that they were able to do – it seems like – they got everything they wanted to get done. Now, are there a couple more moves that could still happen? Of course. I'm not sure how much money the 49ers have to play with anymore. Um, but, again, don't be too afraid of the fact that all of these deals are going to rise in cost over the years because over the next couple of years, the salary cap is supposed to, like, blow up. Like, it might jump up to, like, 230 to $40 million next year, which would be, like, a $40 million increase, $50 million increase because of the right. fact that, you know, COVID made a decrease, but the NFL is still signing these new TV deals that haven't, that, that are going to come to fruition this year, and they're going to see that pay off. You know, you're going to have fans coming back into stadiums this next season, knock on wood. So, I mean, it's it's going to get crazy, but the 49ers are not going to be cap-strapped just because of the way they signed all these guys. And the contracts aren't that big um, for everybody other than Trent Williams, you know, so – Pretty, pretty legit little moves. And obviously you got to give a foul on the back to Prague too because, I mean, he's the one creating all these contracts. Like, I think Crocker's mentioned it before. He's basically like John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan probably tell Prague who they want back, and then he's the one that gets into the lab and creates the contracts and makes it work. So at least that's my take on it. That's what I've, I feel like happens. So I'm pretty impressed, man. I am pretty impressed. So let's. Yeah. With, with yeah. that being said, you got you got more you want to add there, Carl? No, nah, I'm pretty sure we'll be able to. Anything else that comes in my head will probably be answered by you know some of the questions that they ask. So right, right, yeah. So let's get us some speaker requests. We got. I, I said I added way too many R's R's to my words right there. I think I said. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. We'll get to that. But 
Real quick, Malik mentioned how um, the Razor used to kill Parag on KBR. And that and that's a real thing. Like, Parag Marate, like, people did used to kill him. Like, I, I feel like he hasn't been looked at in a, like, well, he didn't start being really looked at in a positive light until really right around the time I feel like maybe the, the, the bank, I mean, not the the Brooks, Ahmad Brooks signing, like, when he, he kind of, you know, Ahmad Brooks and they were signing some guys. I think it was right around there where people started coming along around on him. But pre previous, especially before the Harbaugh regime, it was like people hated Parag. Like they used to talk about him really bad on the radio. Like he was just some guy that just ruined stuff. Do you remember that? Yeah, and I know a lot of that had to do with the fact that, that at some point Parag was – there was even an article written about how Parag Marate was the reason – the 49ers front office was having so many problems. And he was the reason that Trent Baalke didn't get along with the head coaches and the reason that these things were happening. And it was almost like they tried to make him a scapegoat. And then when everybody was fired, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch stepped in, and, and he was basically the one guy that they kept, which was in a direct, like, the direct opposite from what everybody was kind of thinking and writing about. And obviously, I, I, if there's one thing I think, we can agree on it so that he's like proven himself that he was not the problem. Right. Right. No, I agree. You know, like it's, it's, it seems like, it seems like it's just, it's a foregone conclusion that Pragmarate had nothing to do with the problems that used to, uh, that used to happen in the 49ers front office. And they kind of got rid of that stuff. So, I mean, that's been a long time. It's been a long time since we talked about all that, that that dysfunction that was in the building. And it seems like everybody's kind of firing on all cylinders and has been for quite some time now. That doesn't mean they've gotten everything right. It just means that they, uh, you know, it seems like they're uh, they're doing what they got to do. And I'm impressed so far. But let's get to, before we move on to like another topic, uh, let's get to our first speaker. And that is Rashad. You are on stage, my friend. What do you got? Rashad, you with us? We might not have Rashad. This could be our our first no show. That's heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking. He just trolled us. Okay, maybe Rashad will come back. Maybe Rashad. We got Mike in here. I know Mike's in the chat. I've seen him, and his speaker request has been in here for a minute. Let's get Mike in here. Mike, you with us, hey. man? Yeah. Can you hear me? We can. Hey, um, I don't know if you remember, but back on uh, November 1st, I'm the dumbass that uh, sent that tweet out regarding uh, the loss with the Seahawks, but it accidentally included uh, Anthony Pettis instead of uh, Dante Pettis. And you replied back with the uh, Dante kick, or I mean the uh, Pettis kick. Man, what am I – so the, what did I reply back with? Well, I I was I was um, upset about the game and uh, uh, was complaining about Pettis and instead oh, of tagging got it, got instead it. of tagging uh, Dante Pettis, I tagged Anthony Pettis by mistake. Oh, 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 oh I remember that now. Okay, yeah, the, and then he replied with the, with the Pettis kick video. <laughs> right. Yeah, where he jumps off the cage and kicks him in the face. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And, okay. And the reason that happened was because I used to work with him back in the day. And then, then I had to text him right away and said, hey, uh, if you see this on, on Twitter, uh, don't. <laughs> you had to text 
Anthony Pettis, the yeah, M- former MMA him, fighter. Like, hey, don't get mad at me, man. <laughs> Dude, that's legit, man. That's funny. That was really funny. I watched that fight live too, and I was just I was what a there. moment. I, I was there. I used when I I used to work for a company called Form Athletics that sponsored uh, Uriah Faber and all Team Alpha Male and and uh, Pettis and whatnot. So wow, way back wow. in the day, but. Uh, I love your guys' show. This is my first time calling in, long-time listener. Yeah. Um, so, and Croc, I, like, I, I love what you do, man. Like, I love all your, your, you know, your analytics on everything that you that you say. It's, uh, it's great knowledge, man. Croc, so, I think I think Croc might be trying to figure out his like connection and stuff. He had to fool with some stuff, so he's still getting his like mic worked out. Uh, and stuff, but no worries, no worries. I hear you. Um, and also, I used to be in the Marines, so I love your uh, mi- I love all your military stories that you share because I can totally relate. So oh man, I love it, dude. Semper Fi, man. Good for you. Appreciate your uh, your service, dude. Thank you. I appreciate yours. But basically, what I'm calling to is uh, now that we've like solidified so many positions, uh, which I'm so happy we did my only one concern is I, I i hope we can somehow get um quan williams somehow if we can but if not then we basically yeah have like carte blanche in the draft i mean we could go cornerback qb for the first you know depending on who's available at qb preferably I, I like you know croc's idea with cornerback but then in the second maybe a qb third wide receiver fourth edge fifth linebacker fifth o-line sixth safety and seventh d-line I mean, hey, you just you just called it, bro. If the draft ends up going in that order, I will blow, that will blow my mind. What if what if it does? <laughs> we'll have to go back and listen to this. But that's the best. That is the best position for a team to be in. Now, could they lean some ways? Could they still go quarterback corner? Of course. But the the fact that if you can be anywhere near the idea that you just get to take best player available in the draft, then you have done something right. Means you just get to worry about getting great football players and you don't have to force a pick or try and line it up with the position or trade up, trade back. You know, it, it could just kind of flow with the draft and it's a good position to be in. But I mean, I, I really honestly don't know. I feel like um... we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, maybe we'll talk about it here in a little bit. I feel like maybe they're going to have to try and get cheaper at quarterback, given how much money they're spending elsewhere. We'll see. But yeah. I mean, it's it's it became a lot harder to know exactly what they're going to doing going to do in the draft after all this. It, it didn't get any easier, that's for sure. 
but I'm just going to uh, I'm just going to pencil it in as as the exact order that you said those picks, and we'll go from there. <laughs> well, hey, I appreciate it, and I, like I said, I love what you guys do. I listen every day that you guys are on on my way to work, and it's it's one of my favorite shows. So thank you very much. Hey, man, I appreciate that, Mike. I really do. And uh, jump on here anytime, man. It's a pleasure. All right, you got it. Have a great night. All right, buddy. You too. Striking Gold is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Is what the 49ers going to do with the third overall pick stressing you out? Or maybe it's something a little more personal. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com gold. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for Striking Gold listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com gold. That's betterhelp.com g-o-l-d. All right. All right. Yeah, and I think that's a good question. Croc, Croc, can you can we hear you now? Did you figure it out? We can't. I mean, I can't hear Croc. And can you guys hear Croc? Because I can't hear Croc. And I've just been chilling. So we'll see. But I haven't been able to hear Croc. Croc, you always have, I don't know, try leaving the room and coming back or something. I don't know. We're still we're still we're still working out the kinks in locker room. We're still working them out. But he said he gone. He gone. Um let me pull up my notes here. Okay, so the one, you know, just a little bit of housekeeping. Solomon Thomas, you know, the 49ers obviously didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Yes, I, I just heard a crock. Okay, let's go. Okay. <laughs> did you uh, yeah. did you hear everything that was going on? Yeah, I heard the whole thing. Okay. I just couldn't <laughs> respond, I guess. <laughs> You're just sitting there punching his computer screen. Listen to I know. me. I appreciate uh, I appreciate the compliment big time though. I heard the compliment. I, I was trying to respond, but yeah. I know. Yeah, I just figured you were a jerk and you just didn't care about his compliments. So we're we're on tornado warning. So I don't know if that's messing up like my my connection, like because there's like a storm passing through or whatever. But we're we're gonna make. It. I feel like I'm on on that movie uh, Twister. Like I'm in that movie or something. Dude, that movie was legit. I loved that movie when that first came out. I was blown away by Twister. <laughs> Probably doesn't hold up too well as far as the special effects go, but I love that movie. But hey, well, I mean, you mentioned it already, and and he was talking about it. 
I mean, do you do you still feel very passionately about a position or two in the draft? So is, is it still corner for you, or do you feel like the team can kind of – it became a little bit more mysterious now that after they made these moves? I think I'd still prioritize corner, but, well – First of all, I, I prioritize quarterback if possible. But aside from quarterback, if we're just saying, you know, best player, but like I prioritize corner, but I like, you know, I would take best player available. So if, if, you know, it comes down to my board and I have, you know, I me, mean, I really like JC Horn, but say they have Patrick Sertain up there, but they have Pitts higher and Pitts is there at 12, I'm taking Pitts. And the reason why is because, and I know people are thinking like two tight ends, but one, it's clear that I think they would like to run two tight end sets, and they do do that often. But Pitts brings a different element to the 49ers team that they don't have. Like, he's a six six legit red zone target receiver. Like, Kittle's not that. Like, he's a terrific football player, one of the best tight ends in the league. But if there's one place where he's kind of lacking, he's not, like, a natural receiver, right? Like, I mean, a lot of what he does, it feels like he's worked really hard to kind of get there. But, like, his hands, especially, like, you know, 50-50 balls, he'll he'll make, like, a miraculous one-handed catch and every once in a while come down with something contested. But it doesn't seem like that's his game, and they don't. And they kind of went away from giving him those type of opportunities. They they did it more often, like, a couple years ago. But it's kind of just like throwing jump balls to him. Like, when they throw it to him, it's either a schemed-up route or it's where he wins in with his route in space and they'll throw it in there and he makes a play. But as far as kind of, like, you know, giving him those type of opportunities where I think Pitts brings a different element, you know, to the offense. Um, I like, I love to have a receiver like him. And Kittle's not very young, so I know the 49ers just signed him to like this big contract, but isn't he like 28 years old? So, you know, as and uh, you know, as he starts to kind of, you maybe phase him out a little bit. He gets banged up, he misses time, he gets injured and whatnot. Like, you know, it would be nice to have somebody like Pitts kind of waiting to take over the throne. So, um, you know, if if they're, I think they're putting themselves in a the position to be able to go best player available. If that's a cornerback, again, I prioritize that. But if Pitts is there and just kind of the weapon he is and how he makes my offense more dangerous, um, I'm all for something like that. Yeah, because you got to think right now, they're going into the season with Jason Brett and Emmanuel Mosley as their two, two starting corners. And if we had the 2000 – let's go for Emmanuel Mosley, 18 – Jason Brett, 19. If we had those forms of both those players, then the 49ers would probably be all right. But I think it's safe to say that neither of those guys are, like give you an, an insane amount of confidence. Brett was super impressive last year, but he has struggled with injury. Hopefully he just keeps playing like that, you know, because that was nothing short of impressive. But between Brett and Mosley, I'm probably thinking that most people aren't like completely sold on the position. There's no way to upgrade. There's no point in going corner in the first round. I wouldn't think there'd be anybody that would say that. So I could yeah, see and there's not that another like, corner for me. Uh, again, we they also don't have a slot it. guy. Right. So they don't have a nickel. And we've talked about the fact that at the end of the year, Attila Witherspoon and Red were the starters on the outside, and Mosley was not playing. They didn't even play him in the slot. They had him playing strictly special teams. So that kind of tells me I, I don't think they're sold – they're sold on him. I think they're probably in a position to where it's like, hey, if we have to play Mosley, we're definitely fine with playing them. But if we're there at 12 and we have a chance to get a long-term starter at the position, I think they would do that. Like when you – when you, cornerback is a is a position where you make a good amount of money. 
So to sign a contract that's two years and up to, you know, like up to $10 million, so that means it's not even a two-year $10 million contract, you know, I, I think that kind of says a lot about where they're at with Mosley, especially somebody that's young and has had a lot of starting uh, reps for them. You know, and unlike, you know, like uh, Verrett, he doesn't have like the extensive injury history. So just kind of looking at it, you know, when you start, remember, we talk about uh, their actions and the things that they do instead of the things they say, it looks like they're not sold with uh, sold on Mosley being a starting cornerback long term. And I feel like if they if they do have a chance to upgrade that position in this draft, they will. And again, there's there's no depth. They just signed somebody, Body Calhoun, right? You know, like they they gotta definitely do a lot of revamping at that position. And it's time, man. It's time. Haven't drafted a first round corner since. Amal Plummer and Mike Rump. <laughs> and I would be willing to bet, and this is no dig whatsoever, including myself. A lot of people aren't even going to know who those people are. So it's like, if you if you if you don't even remember the last time the 49ers highly drafted a corner, and I guess you could sort of count Akello, but it's been a long time since the first round. I, I agree. Yeah, I, I I think Shantae Spencer. I think they took him in the second round. Like. And I know most people are probably like, who? <laughs> Shot uh, yeah, out of, out of Pittsburgh. So, you know, it, it's been a long time. And, like, people – you can find, like, jewels and gems and everything in, like, any round. Like, you can find starting corners in any round. I think the 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 Chiefs uh, drafted a corner last year, mid-rounds and whatever, and he played very well. But typically, like, the more just talented guys are going in the top 15. And, like, we're just talking about pure talent – upside, all that, like they're going in the first round, you know, somewhere. So I know there's a lot of people like, oh, well, we can just hold off to the second round and draft a corner. And it's like, yeah, that's true. But typically the more talented guys, you know, or guys with like the least amount of question marks are typically in that first round. So at at 12 is like if you have a chance, especially to get guys who I I think, you know, the world of, especially uh, uh, with J.C. Horn, I I would take him and I'd plug him right in. Well, yeah, and you could I, – I, I think they made it obvious they didn't want him there. But, I mean, you could easily draft somebody like J.C. Horn. Um, he starts opposite Verrett, and then Emmanuel Mosley plays in the slot, and at least you go from there. There's still a slight chance that, you know, Jason Verrett comes back. The fact that he hasn't been signed yet would be a good thing for the 49ers because the longer that goes on, his price is, you know, theoretically dropping. So uh, there's a chance that he comes back. We'll see. Uh, it just Kwan depends Williams. on how – yeah, what did I say? You said Jason Verrett. Oh, my bad. Yeah, K1 Williams, the slot guy, the one that's not on the team right now. Dumbass Robbie. Anyways, so let's uh, let's get into some more questions. Let's keep this rolling. Let's keep this rolling. We have Sumant up on the speaker request. He's at the top of the list, and he is now on, on stage. Sumant, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, how are you guys? I'm great, man. I'm great. Good, man. Yeah, yeah, great show as always, guys. So my question is about: uh, 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 Are we have you overpaid for uh, uh, the tackle Trent Williams, or do you think we could have uh, instead of paying him, we could have got some other tackle? Or uh, do you subscribe to Colin Cohort's view that we'll uh, draft a QB in this draft so that we'll get our uh, cap down in the future because we have to pay Bosa? Warner and maybe Debo and Ayuk. Right. Um, so you got kind of a three-part question. It's, did they overpay Trent Williams? Should they have kind of gotten a more modest tackle? 
And do I do we subscribe to Colin Cowherd's view that he thinks the 49ers, and I was planning on mentioning this, so I'm glad Sumont asked it. Uh, Colin Cowherd thinks that the 49ers are going to draft a quarterback because, and he even broke it down pick by pick on who the 49ers might have to leapfrog because the 49ers have spent all this money elsewhere. They've never tried to restructure Jimmy Garoppolo's contract so that they might try and get cheaper at quarterback by trading up and selecting one in the first round. So um, the first thing for me, did they overpay for Trent Williams? Absolutely not. I think that they paid the amount of money. Uh, you know, now, now there's obviously the school of thought like, oh, you can get away with not paying guys like that. But to me, Croc's been saying it. Don't create another problem. You have an elite left tackle. Pay him elite money and move on to the next problem. Like, I get it. That's a big chunk of money. But at some point, you got to realize that the player you're paying is worth that money. Like, if they paid a big chunk of money to Nick Bosa, is anybody going to wonder why they did that? You know, obviously, that's a couple years down the line. But it's you, you just paid an elite player elite money. I have zero problems with it. I never will uh, because guys like that deserve to be paid, and somebody's going to pay them. And I don't really care about all the, oh, well, big free agency spenders never – People keep their left tackles, bro. That's why they're never hitting free agency. They pay their left tackles. It's the most one of the most important positions in football. So I think they, the 49ers were perfectly fine to pay Trent Williams. What do you think, Croc? Yeah, no, no. He's a premier Croc, player. I don't, I don't give a damn. Him? Yeah, we can. Yeah, no, he's a premier player. Yeah, he's a premier player. Like so, you and he's on your team. Like this isn't just a normal free agent, you know, signing. Um, obviously he hit, you know, the free agency market, but they made sure that they retained him. Like you, you have to, he's, you need somebody to hold down that left side. And again, like what I was talking about, you don't want to keep creating like uh, holes in your roster. And obviously you pay a lot of money for uh, Trent Williams, but I think it's only what accounting for like 6 million. Really, if you really look at his contract, I want to say, and again, I'm no capologist or anything like that, but I think I saw, he only accounts for what against the cap like six million dollars this year or something like that, which is crazy. Something he gets like thirty million. Yeah, he gets like thirty million up front, and really, if you kind of really think about it, it's a, it's like fifty five million guaranteed. So after next year, that's I think he's all out of guaranteed money. So that's kind of you know one way to to, to kind of look at. It. I think they've kind of structured it though to help them cap. Right. So and then the other thing that Sumon mentioned was. The, the the likelihood of the 49ers drafting a quarterback increased after all the money they spent elsewhere. And the 40, you know, um, Colin Cowherd said the 49ers were going to be looking to draft a quarterback because they just spent all these all this money on other positions. And the one the one position they don't want to spend their salary cap on is quarterback. And I think that's a fair assumption. I don't think they really necessarily have a problem spending the money they're spending on Jimmy Garoppolo. But if they felt like they could get cheaper and better there and kind of extend that window, now you obviously got to realize that you take a little bit of a hit when you bring in a rookie quarterback because the odds of them playing at a high level are not good. So, you know, it, it you might take a little bit of a hit there, but I think the, the, the benefits would obviously show themselves in the long term if that quarterback ends up being good. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't think all these free agency moves – made the choice, made the pick being a quarterback in the first round any more likely. I just feel like, you know, whether you're trading for Deshaun Watson, drafting a rookie quarterback, or running it back with Jimmy Garoppolo, they needed to make all the moves they made anyways. 
You know, especially yeah. if you're running it back with Jimmy Garoppolo because his ass doesn't move very much. So you're going to need some you good gotta, offensive you gotta fill the ro- like You got to fill the roster, like a good roster. Like you, ha- you need good players. And they just figured out ways to add players that they feel like can help them win. So, I mean, they, yeah, again, they're, they're going to do that regardless, you know. Now, with the whole the whole thing with the quarterback, I, I, I strongly believe that they're going to look into that position if – the opportunity presents itself. You know, we've been saying on the podcast, like, they are not desperate. They're not desperate. They feel like they can win with Jimmy Garoppolo. And maybe they feel like, hey, yeah, you know, his injuries are annoying as hell, but they are kind of flukish, you know. So they probably feel like, hey, we just get a full season out of him. We've seen what we can do with him. So we're not desperate to where we're going to give up a whole lot of, you know, draft capital or starting players and whatnot to get a quarterback. If, If we, I don't know if you guys saw what the Bears offered uh, the Seahawks for Russell Wilson, but if the Bears are offering that, I'd assume it's going to be just as much, if not maybe even a little bit more for uh, Russell Wilson and I mean for uh, Deshaun Watson. And it was like three first round picks, a third round pick, and like two starting players. Like that's what the Bears offered. So um, you know, you look at Deshaun Watson, it's definitely going to be pricey. And I just don't think that they are desperate enough to have to make that type of move. Now, will they draft a quarterback? I think it's it has to be a guy that they identify that they really like. And if they really like him and you see the guy kind of, I don't want to say sliding, but, you know, he's, you know, picks, pick six, pick seven, that guy is still there. I think at that point they'll probably move up to, to get a guy. But I don't think, say, um, I think Colin Cowherd said something about they have to trade up to pick three. They ain't doing that. They're not, they're not trading up to pick three to get a guy. But if the guy is there like pick six, pick seven, I could see them possibly moving up at that standpoint. But, again, they're, they're just not desperate. They're not desperate. No. And, I, and, and as much as it's not necessarily popular, the 49ers can still be really good with Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, they just went to the Super Bowl with the guy. Now, the problem is, is that can he stay healthy? We'll see. The 49ers, uh, the John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan are taking just as big of a gamble as anybody by rolling with Jimmy Garoppolo. So I feel like Croc's right in the fact that they're not going to overextend themselves to replace him. But if an opportunity is like within reach and they can make it happen, and the 49ers have always kind of done that. Under Lynch and Shanahan, they've always kind of like let opportunities kind of present themselves to them. There's times when they've been aggressive. But, like, D. Ford became available. Okay, here's a second-round pick. Jimmy Garoppolo became available. Okay, here's a second-round pick. You know, I can trade back one pick. Okay, fine, I'll do that. They did it twice in the first round. You know, like, they, they feel like they, they allow things to come to them, which is a good quality unless you really need something, and then it could be a huge pain in the ass because they're not being aggressive enough. So I do feel like – I don't feel like any of the moves the 49ers made were cleared the way to draft a rookie quarterback. I feel like if they were going to do that, they're still going to do that, whether they did made these moves or not. So I know that was a lot of talking, Suman, but I appreciate the question, man. I, I will for, I will uh, end with this on that. They're clearly not 100% sold on them. So I think, you know, if you are someone that wants the 49ers to take a quarterback, then I, I think that's something you can – it can kind of give you a little bit of hope that they, they might do that because they've made it clear that they're either willing to upgrade, they've said – things, you know, about having to, you know, invest more in a backup quarterback. 
So they're not they're not sold on Garoppolo being the guy. They feel like they need insurance, and they looked into improving over him. You know, looking into Matthew Stafford, and you know, kind of sniffing around other quarterbacks. So we'll we'll see what they ultimately do, especially in the draft. If it were me, I'm like Kyle, man, like go get you a dude, go get you a dude that has a lot of talent. It, it doesn't seem like he's in a rush to do that, but I would be all over the Fields. I hope Fields slides. Everybody's talking about him being the third or fourth best quarterback and all this, and Trey Lance would go, oh, great. I, I hope that happens because I want him to slide, and I just pray that they t- the 49ers take him uh, and do whatever they have to do to go up and get him. I do feel like you have to go up in front of Panthers, though. Yep, I feel like that's the big uh, big linchpin. All right, Sumanta, I appreciate you, man. Thank you very much. We have another speaker request chilling. This is Francisco, and he is on the stage now. Francisco, what do you got, man? How are you doing? Hey, guys. How are you? I'm good. Good. I'm solid. Hey, I just have a, a question. So I saw a tweet from, I think, David Lombardi. He was talking about the contract of DJ Jones. Mm-hmm. That he qualifies for a four-year qualifying something. So, do you guys have any context on that? It, it said something like the, the contract is going to be like two point three or three point two, but it, it's only going to like go one million against the cap. Yeah, I don't. I know, and Croc says it all the time. I'm not a big salary cap guy. Um, I, I know Crocker's not. I that was like one of the first times I'd heard that before where, like, a guy gets that, like, fourth-year thing, and technically he's getting, like, two-point-something million, but he only counts about a million under the cap. I honestly – I don't I don't mean to disappoint you, but I don't have uh, I don't have any more insight into that than, than what you've already got from Lombardi. And it seems like Lombardi's taken a very, very uh, specific interest in the salary cap stuff anyway. So anything that comes from him is going to be more well-researched than what I've got, and, and I'm usually just kind of – trying to act like I know what I'm talking about with the salary cap stuff anyway. So it's like, I can't really, uh, I can't really give you any more insight on that, man. I'm sorry. No, 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 that's fine. And uh, just really quick, the other question. So he also said that after all these contracts, and of course the details have not been released, but after all these contracts from what he thinks the contracts are going to be, we still have like 80 million left, like after Trent and after DJ Jones and all of that. So that's like, seems to me like a lot. Like considering what we've signed, so do you think like they're gonna be using Kevin Williams or something like that? I I think that it's definitely. I mean, if you sign Trent Williams, Alex Mack, Samson Ebukam, Jason Brett, Kyle Ushek, Emmanuel Mosley, and you only use like 14 million of your salary cap this year, then to me that feels like they're at least in line for one or two more decently priced players. And and I feel like Kwan Williams, out of all the players they could sign. Kwan Williams probably makes the most sense. I don't know how much money he's going to demand out there, but being able to get that guy and slide him right back in where he's been killing it for the last three or four years would be ideal for the 49ers. I don't know that there's any other options out there to me that seem more appealing appealing than bringing him back. I don't know, Croc. What do you think? Yeah, not. Nah, I don't. Yeah, I, I got to bring back Kwan Williams if if possible. If right. possible. If they're, they're going to bring somebody can... back, why would it not be him? Yeah, if they're going to bring somebody back. Now, with, with Kawan Williams, I, I don't know what his market is. And it's kind of sticky for, like, nickel corners. And he is purely a nickel corner. There are some guys like, say, Chris Harris Jr., who played outside, and then in nickel situations, he slide inside. Kawan Williams is strictly a nickel. Now, 
he to me he's like top five nickel for sure. I mean he forces a lot of takeaways. He's tough. He's physical. He he can be really a three down guy if they want it because he gets off blocks and gets in there makes tackles. He you know sacks quarterbacks like he does all these things that you want your guys to do and he just goes about his business. They call him Shark because he doesn't talk. He just kind of like creeps around. But it, it, you know when you start signing guys like you check to a lot of money and stuff that kind of takes away from being able to sign other guys. And I know people have said, uh, you know, they talk about Jimmy Garoppolo and his contract and, you know, how it could possibly hinder signing some free agents. Well, if you had a guy on a rookie contract, a quarterback, you would be able to retain a guy like Kawhi Williams with no issues, you know. So those are kind of things that I guess you got to think about, but they, they might not prioritize the nickel position. Right, right. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it, it it the the whole getting a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract thing does bring up you know has a lot of validity. I, for some reason, it's just hard for me to believe the 49ers are gonna finally pull the trigger on that type of player. But but we'll see. All right, Francisco, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for uh, thank you for dropping in and asking the questions. Let's keep it let's keep it rolling. We're going right back to Will. You are at the top of the list, my friend, and you are on stage. Will, what do you got, dude? Hey guys, uh. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Let's go. Um, I have a bunch of questions. I'll just leave it to, to maybe one or a couple. Um, with them signing Trent Williams and solidifying the line, but also signing Alex Mack for, to just a one-year deal, uh, do you feel like it makes it less likely that they um, go high and sign a, and sign a high, highly drafted rookie quarterback uh, because they're in win-now mode and they feel like – uh, real, running it back with Jimmy is just a safer option? I, I'll say well, one thing that they've kind of shown to do is also playing ahead. Like, so I know, yeah, they they are in win-now win mode, and you look at, you know, them signing Mac to just one year, and he's older. But I feel like they've done a good job of kind of playing uh, planning ahead and having kind of guys in place to be able to take over just in case, right? Like, just in case this happens or they don't retain a guy. Um, you know, even with, you know, okay, we lost Emmanuel Sanders, but boom, they trade up. They had a guy in mind. They drafted, you know, Brandon Ayuk. They, they let go of, of, they traded away, um, DeForest Buckner was able to get Ken Law. So it seems like they've done a good job of being in win now mode, but still like adding pieces. And even last year with, you know, losing Emmanuel Sanders, losing DeForest Buckner, they were still able to, kind of like replace those guys. And I think those were the only guys that they really had to replace and Joe Staley, but they replaced him with Trent Williams and they were still in a position like to win now. Now, obviously like, you know, all the injuries and everything kind of hurt that whole thing. But um, it seems like they take it like year to year, but also kind of plan ahead a little bit as well. So I, I could see them still going quarterback and figuring and like, Hey, we still should have a decent uh, enough team to be able to build around that young guy. I mean, at the end of the day, like a lot of these guys and these signings that they're they're making, they're, I mean, aside from Mac, um, they're going to be locked in for a few years at least. So if you had a rookie now and next year the rookie has to play, I think the team would still be talented even if you have to replace a center. You can get a center next year on free agency or the draft. Right. Yeah. What was your uh, What was your other question there, uh, Will? Uh, I kind of forgot, but, you know, Crocker's been <laughs> talking me into Justin Fields, and uh, he's also been talking me into J.C. Horn. I just wish he'd settle on one so I could decide. Uh, thanks, I guys. 
Crocker, that's on you, man. You need to make up your goddamn mind. Stop talking about Justin Fields. Stop talking about <laughs> J.C. Horn. Well, no, I mean, you made your – Crocker made – and we haven't talked about this. Crocker made a 49ers big board. And this, you could tell – he didn't say it because uh, Crocker can't think of everything. But he, he kind of created a big board that was the five most, like, realistic options for the 49ers that he wanted. And right on top was none other than – Justin Fields. So I guess that kind of answers the question. And yeah. so Justin Fields is your like your number one goal. Yeah, well, quarterback is the most important position. And you know, I know I saw some people in the group chat saying like, "Oh, Jimmy, he's going to light it on fire." My thing with Jimmy Garoppolo as well as he has played with the 49ers, he still like limits the offense. Like the offense isn't uh being executed to its maximum capacity, especially in the passing game. Now, running the ball extremely well. Are they able to throw the ball? Yes, but it's. I feel like Kyle has to work really hard. It's like a receiver that's, like, slow and small. Like, he has to work really hard to win. Now, can he still win? Yeah, he still can win, but it's like, man, it's not ideal, and you still are kind of limited with how you could use him. That, that kind of reminds me of Garoppolo where, yeah, like, you know, he can throw some slants in there and, and good timing routes, but, man, you can't throw outside the numbers. You're not throwing down the field. Like, he makes it a lot harder for you to really – you have to be really creative with all these screens and end-arounds and shovel passes and all these things. Just to, And he does that very well, right, better than C.J. Beathard, better than Nick Mullins. But I still think ideally you like somebody where you can kind of open up your offense a little bit more and be more dangerous, like what we saw with uh, the Atlanta Falcons. I think people see the, the offense that the 49ers have ran, and they're just like, oh, it's, it's West Coast offense, quick game, like slants. But if you watch the, the the Falcons, who had, like, one of the most explosive offenses we've seen in recent years, it wasn't just slants and all this. It was – I mean, we're throwing the ball downfield. And I know a lot of people be like, oh, well, they have Julio Jones. It was like, well, they were throwing the ball down to Taylor Gabriel and other guys as well. So they still ran the ball. They still played off that. But they actually threw the ball more than they ran the ball. And they ran the ball very well. So I just look at this offense, I think, kind of Garoppolo as well as he has played with the offense that Shanahan has created for him, it's still scaled back a little. Yeah, it's just it's just up to the 49ers what they want to go how they want to go into next season. You know, a lot the guys they signed, Alex Mack is re, you know, Jason Verrett, a couple one-year deals, but for the most part it's not like they're making these kind of crazy swing for the fences moves that you've seen teams do just hoping that they can manage to like you know, the Rams kind of did, hoping that they can win their one Super Bowl and, and call it good. The 49ers haven't really made moves like that. So to me, they're still in it for sustained success. Now, I feel like the quickest way to that success is to just run it back with Jimmy Garoppolo. But that still doesn't mean that they couldn't draft a quarterback in the first round. And it still doesn't mean that they're not willing to cut cut ties with Jimmy Garoppolo and draft a quarterback. That may set them back one year. You know, that's kind of what you're hoping. You may, And that may set you, set you back a year while you wait for that rookie quarterback to develop. But, again, you're kind of talking about long-term long term sustained success. So, you know, do they want to go the safer route with kind of keeping Jimmy Garoppolo for another year and trying to make quarterback work some other – excuse me, some other time? Or do they want to just go for it now? Because my biggest thing throughout all this time is if things start working out for the 49ers like they've expected them to all along, like it did in 2018, do – or excuse me, 2019, do you – 
not go after a quarterback the one time you're drafting anywhere near the top ten? Yeah. I mean, to me, that you know, like, are they ever going to be anywhere close? You know, and then you're talking about having to make this massive trade to try and get any – like, think about how lucky the guys like the Texans and the Chiefs got by getting to just trade up from late in the draft and land these crazy-ass franchise quarterbacks. Now, the Texans' luck has obviously drawn out, and Deshaun Watson is like, I'm out of here. But at the same time, those guys selected those those players well out of range from where they should have been drafted, and that is an outlier. So my biggest thing is yeah. if the 49ers want a quarterback, this might be the only time within the next three or four years you're in a position to get one in the draft. Well, well, to add to that, clearly they're not, like, 100% committed to Garoppolo. Otherwise, they would have done, like, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have done with restructuring Brady's contract. They would have done, like, Mahomes did and, you know, uh, uh, the Chiefs, they restructured his contract. Boy, and I just kind of – they're trying to save that. Like, look, we don't we don't want to have to restructure this if we don't have to, right, so that they don't have, like, a cap hit later down the line. So, clearly they're not 100% committed to him. So from that standpoint, it's like, look, man, like, you don't want to get in this situation. And you're going to win games with Garoppolo. That, that's one thing we do know. Yep, like, you're yep gonna, 100%. You know, I, I, feel, I feel strongly about 49ers being at least a, a wild card team. But, again, like I said, I think Kyle's looking at it like, oh, well, one, we haven't been able to trust him to stay healthy. Two, he kind of limits the offense a little bit. If you do get in a position where you eventually need a quarterback, you're going to be like the Browns. I mean, like the Bears right now trying to trade everything for a guy like Russell Wilson. You'll be like um, the Colts. You know, the Colts aren't in position to to grab a quarterback, so they have to trade for Carson Wentz. You'll end up like the Redskins, who, they, I mean, they sucked and still made the playoffs at, with, what, like six wins, I believe. And they're in a position where, like, damn, we're picking 18th. We're not in. We, we're not going to be able to get a quarterback. And now they're like, okay, well, let's sign Ryan Fitzpatrick to be our starter, like, you don't want to be in that situation. So then what would the 49ers do? Well, they would probably just hold on to Jimmy Garoppolo. But everything that they're saying is we don't want to have to hold on to Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think right now when you're picking 12, and I damn, I wish they didn't win those last those two games late in the year because they'd be picking top five. But I think they would have 100% took a quarterback in the top five. Now we'll just have to see how it all plays out. Right. Yep. I mean, I, I, to me, the the comfortable part about this is if the 49ers don't take a quarterback, I'll understand it. If the 49ers take a quarterback, I'll understand, you know, I'll understand it. I have my preference. You know, I feel like they should get a quarterback while they're here. Uh, but at the same time, no matter which way they go, I'll kind of understand it. And that is a good place to be, to not be hamstrung into making one specific move that everybody knows you're going to try to make. That's a good place to be for the 49ers, and they get a chance to, uh, you know, surprise some people in, a, in about a month and a half. So, I mean, that's exciting for me, not knowing what's going to happen. From, like, a sports coverage standpoint, when the 49ers had the number two overall pick, especially when it became clear that they were the cards were going to take Kyler Murray, it was boring as hell. You knew what the 49ers were doing. There was no mystery to it whatsoever. Yeah. But now, I mean, I don't know, dude. They could swing for the fences. They could play it safe. And neither of them are like a recipe for disaster. You know, we'll see. Right. You know, it, it, but we, me and Croc both have our preferences. But at the same time, it, it's still interesting to to play out, you know. Let's uh, let's keep the speaker requests rolling. We've had Drew. Drew's been patient. He's been chilling in there for a while. And then I see you, Biamichi. I see you down there. Uh, let's get Drew up in here. Drew, you are on the stage, my friend. Thank you for being patient. What do you got, dude? 
Hey guys, uh, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> I love it <laughs> nice. every time. Um, with the slow moving or slower moving free agency, it seems like, and uh, receivers, a couple of them seems like are taking some more team friendly deals. Do you foresee any chance the Niners kind of swing big for a bigger name wide receiver free agent? And two in particular, I'm thinking of wondering if you do say yes, which one you think fits better. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster for more of a slot guy or Will Fuller for more of a guy that can stretch the field on the outside. Mm. So just if, whether you think that's possibility one and two, if so, which one of those two do you think would be a better um, option for the Niners? Croc, you go first. Uh, yeah, I actually got this question on Twitter today, <laughs> that that exact question. And um, the way I answered it, it's tough because obviously these guys are like, they have two totally different skill sets. But I think both skill sets that they have are things that the 49ers need. And it's kind of a cop-out answer, but when you look at Juju Smith-Schuster, 49ers kind of lost that, like, that slot, um, that big slot kind of, you know, strong hands type guy with Kendrick Bourne. And obviously, like, Juju is, like, born on steroids. But – you know, you, I think he fits from that standpoint. Like right now you can plug him in and he'd do his thing and he'd be really good, a really reliable receiver, right? And then, and I know we've seen like a drop off in his production. I think a lot of that had to do with a couple of years ago catching passes from Duck Hodges and the other guy that got hit in the head with the helmet. And then last year, you know, uh, Ben Roethlisberger was kind of like a shell of himself. So Juju's numbers are kind of taking a hit and they've thrown the ball a lot to some of the other guys like Deontay Johnson and stuff. But um, I think he definitely would fit well, especially with what Kyle Shanahan likes to do. I think Juju is a Kyle Shanahan-style uh, guy, aside from the dancing TikTok logo stuff. Um, and then when you look at uh, Will Fuller, I-, I think him too. Like, you know, I've talked about it with the 49ers before last year or last year, what they tried to do. They tried to add that speed guy, right? J.J. Nelson, Tavon Austin, Travis Benjamin. Like, they added these guys, and I feel like they wanted – someone for that specific role, and none of those guys panned out. I think they all ended up on IR and uh, Benjamin opted out. But they clearly were looking for that type of guy, and they still don't have it. So I I could see both of these guys making sense for two different reasons. Um, If I had to lean towards one, I would say probably Fuller because I think he's just a little cheaper. But, again, it's not my money. If I had to choose between the two, I probably still would say Fuller. Like if we're just saying, oh, the money is equal, I'd probably still say Fuller. I think Fuller – his biggest issue is he can't stay healthy. So maybe I would say Juju because Fuller just can't stay healthy. If Fuller does stay healthy, he's easily a 1,000-yard receiver, easily. Now, the other thing you kind of run into, and, and I've already said it with Garoppolo, he doesn't really throw the ball down the field, right? It's the, when he does throw it down the field, they're, like, specifically taking a shot that's schemed up. So when you have a guy like Fuller, would he be kind of going to waste? We kind of saw that with Marquise Goodwin where, you know, uh, Goodwin kind of – you know, just kind of wasn't a deep ball threat when Garoppolo was that quarterback. They actually kind of changed the offense and made him more of like a possession guy. I thought that was kind of strange a little bit, but they didn't throw the ball down the field to Goodwin a lot. And when they did, it looked really weird. Like, I don't know if you guys remember that, the end of that Titans game uh, in 2017 when the 49ers won on the last second field goal, Garoppolo took a couple shots of Marquise Goodwin down the field, and it was ugly. It was ugly. So – I think that part of Garoppolo's game is just a little inconsistent. And would Will Fuller help him? I I, I don't know. So um, I think if if you ask Garoppolo, he'd probably prefer a guy like Juju because he works in an area where, you know, Garoppolo excels. 
There is no way I'm going to answer that question any better than what Croc just did. Another some person they could consider, you know, T.Y. Hilton really started to come on. He's also kind of shares Will Fuller's, uh, you know, for a while he was that receiving core, you know, and, and he, and, you know, it's T.Y. Hilton, but he kind of started to struggle with his health a little bit. But for the latter half of this year, uh, T.Y. Hilton started to come on really, really, really strong, and he looked more like his old self than his new self. So I don't know what he's going to cost. He's just kind of – I wanted to throw a third receiver into the mix there because he's a veteran guy, someone that could still kind of give that room a little bit of vet presence. And he is, uh, was just – I mean, he looked outstanding uh, towards the latter half of last year. So just somebody – you know, somebody else who I watched a little bit was Keela Cole. You know, there's another option there. He was just – kind of one of the Jaguars receivers that seemed like he was making the best out of a shitty situation. Um, but I feel like if I'm choosing between Will Fuller and Juju Smith-Schuster, I'd probably lean Juju just because they need kind of a slot receiver. Debo and Ayuk can be out there. And um, he just, he just, he's been consistent and he plays games. And I feel like Kyle Shanahan could, could get the best out of him. Um, and, you know, as long as he, he, I mean, he's, yeah, he's like born on steroids for the dancing too. Born danced a lot. But Juju's, like, doing all kinds of extra shit. So hopefully, you know, he could put that on, on lock. But, Drew, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for uh, thank you for the question. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Someone who me and Crocker have been a fan of for a long time, longer than probably we care to admit. But uh, Brendan Amechi, who uh, I don't even – I mean, I don't think they're still recording, but started the, the 49365 podcast years ago. Uh, was hands down my favorite podcast for a long period of time. Uh, I used to send in questions to them all the time. I met up with them at an open practice. Cool as hell. It was, you know, we go way back in the weirdest of ways. But, Brandon Amechi, you are on the stage, my friend. How the hell are you? Oh, hold on. Oh, man. I, I got a question for B. Hey, B, do, do you guys – are you guys doing – is that you guys with the trap art? Yeah, yeah, that's trap art. We've been okay. for like the past seven years, man, so – it's been dope. I, that's that's uh, for those of y'all who don't know. We do like art parties all over the world, um, where we have like artists come through, whether it's like paintings or whether it's like clothing. They just kind of come through and do their own thing and sell their work. And uh, we've had a few uh, Niners come out in the past. Um, uh, Antoine Bethay came out to an event. Um, you know, just random people here and there. We actually had a <laughs> we had Grant uh, Grant Cohn at an event once he came through. Um, but uh but yeah man we we still do that obviously with the pandemic um you know we had to make some uh you know go a different route with a few things uh we're doing more so online content like our online magazines and stuff like that but yeah we still been still been pushing that man oh nice that's dope that's dope yeah man but uh but yeah i appreciate what y'all doing man uh you guys are definitely killing it on here and i just wanted to give a quick shout out to all the faithful in the room man like it's just so dope being in this community and this exciting time of this off season. I don't know what it is, but this off season, you know, has me particularly anxious about like just every single move and what direction this team is going to go in. I just feel like it's so critical. I mean, you could say that every year, but this year is just like so critical because we up there, you know, at number 12 in this draft and, you know, we're right there to make some things happen. So, um, but yeah, appreciate all the faithful out there, man. Like make sure y'all follow me too. On this app, um, I definitely only tap in to, to hear you guys kind of talk and just 
usually be in the background. First time caller. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, usually be in the background. But sometimes I'll be like, man, 4 a.m. in the morning to have a random ass thought about about the team. It's like, man, I just want to hop on and talk to some of the faithful. So definitely give me a follow because if I randomly come on here, I might need somebody to get some thoughts off on. But um, what I yeah. wanted to uh, talk about um, or what I wanted to bring to y'all um, attention or, you know, have you guys talk about is, um, I'm definitely with, with Croc where I feel like, you know, Fields is, you know, my number one. Um, but I definitely think the team is just they're just going to sit back and wait. They might even draft uh, back possibly. Like not a lot of people are talking about trading ups, but I think they might trade back, um, you know, because I do think that the team is just – it just doesn't strike me as they're in a position where it's like a lot of desperation. And, you know, I feel like just what Croc mentioned earlier – if Kyle Pitts, for example, falls there, like that'd be a really interesting pick. I also think, you know, we talked about the corners, but if Horn is there, like that's an interesting pick. But even like, I mean, we know what the MO of the team is. Like they might just get Gregory Rousseau, like out of Miami, like, which I don't think he's a top 12 pick, but like, I wouldn't be. The thing with like getting a quarterback is do we think that we, we would have a brighter future. Yeah, we probably have a brighter future. Like, definitely. We have Bills. There's potential. There's also potential for, like, a bust. There's always that. But, like, I think the future would be bright. But, like, for right now, like, this season upcoming, and you can even argue the next two seasons, you can argue that, like, you know, our best bet would be to draft a different position than quarterback and just build the team around Jimmy. And I definitely hear you with, like, how he limits our team. And, I'm like, trust me, I want us to get Fields. But just something to consider, like, I was just thinking about it. What do y'all think about – I guess short term versus long term, specifically with this draft. Like, because I do think that our roster, I mean, we might be Super Bowl ready if we get an impact player in that with, with that first pick. So that's just something I want to put on your table. Hear what y'all thought and uh, go from there. Yeah, I, I think if you know, I kind of look at it, you know, I've I've been really high on on Horn, of course. I just feel like, man, if you just get a dog ass corner that you can put out there and Hey, go guard DK, go guard um, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, and whoever else in the NFC West. I just think that makes your defense, like, even more dangerous, like, with the receivers that you have to face in the league. Like, and now, again, I don't know what defense the 49ers are going to run, so that can change things as well. They haven't been a team to say, hey, you go guard that guy. But we see what, you know, Jalen Ramsey does for the Rams and the impact that he has made where, you know, they're forcing – quarterbacks to kind of look away from him I think he held DK to like two catches in the whole game I mean like he's making life difficult on guys and you know that's the type of corner I would love to have you know 49ers haven't had that so when you talk about impact I'm not saying you know a rookie corner is just gonna make that transition and be shut down right now but I think Horn has that type of ability to really match up with guys and really compete from that standpoint I think if some of the other guys especially at cornerback they're a little bit more like Scheme dependent, where Horn, I think he just would, would come in and play well. So I'd be a little hesitant to trade back, but I, I could see them even doing that if, if say, you know, you get to pick 12 and you have guys like Horn there, uh, and this is if they want even want to go corner, but you have Horn there, you have uh, uh, Sertain there, and you look at it like, hey, we could trade back a couple of spots. We're good with either one of these guys. We'll trade back a couple of spots and still be able to grab one of these corners I could see them possibly trading back a little bit. And now you did bring up the edge rushers, and and this is my only thing with the edge rushers. All right. Typically with edge rushers, we we really hear, like, who the guys are. And 
I'm not really hearing anything about these edge rushers in this class until like pro days, where you know the the, the kid from I want to say it was the the Penn State dude ran like in the four threes, you know, working out, um, you know, and whatever. Like I've seen some of these guys, uh, the, the the guy from uh, Georgia today tested extremely well, but in previous years we were hearing about we were hearing about edge rushers. During the season, you can watch a game. Oh, Josh Allen. Oh, Nick Bosa. Oh, um, who's the other guy? Uh, Brian no, Burns. You know, like, but you know, Greg Rousseau sat out this year, and I I hear what you're saying for sure. This year is just weird though, too, because all the yeah, stuff, yeah, that's like, true. We don't even we don't even know. You know what I'm saying? Like, but that makes it more risky though. So I hear you on that for sure. But it's like we do usually hear about the big dogs, but we already have Bosa too. So like, really. You know, we just need somebody to, you know, help, you know, for depth and come in there. And that might be what they're thinking. I'm not saying that's what I'm thinking, but I'm just right. They might, they might be thinking like, okay, we can really have a Super Bowl run now if we get like a blue chipper right now, as opposed to wasting the pick. No, I want to say wasting the pick because I, I would get the quarterback because I think that's going to set up your future. But again, like rookie quarterbacks who have won the Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, like I think Tom Brady won in his first year starting, which was his second year, I think, and then. Maybe Ben Roth. Did Ben Roethlisberger win the Super Bowl? Or he, I, I think, think he. Yeah, he like. I think he he went like undefeated or something like that. Like when right. when he played, I think he took over for Tommy Tommy Maddox. Was that his name? I think so. Yeah. Something yeah, I like think that. he took over for like Tommy Maddox, um, who rare. got hurt, and he, and he went like undefeated. But again, I mean, what what they did for Ben. It's the same thing you can do for a rookie. They, they they leaned on the run game. They leaned on Jerome Bettis and those guys, and and they just ran the ball and played good defense. And that seems like a lot of what the 49ers like to do, right? We kind of lean on the run game, play good defense, but it still would be nice to be have somebody that could be a little bit more of a threat in different I ways. No, um, but, again, like you're saying, are you going to get that day one, and is that going to lead to a Super yeah. Bowl, you know, with a rookie quarterback? And, yeah, that's the question. I mean, I, I would assume no. So I would think that would be more of a long play. But it, even if you had a rookie this year, you still have Garoppolo on the roster. So if you're still thinking like Super Bowl this year, you have Garoppolo. The rookie don't even have to play yet. And it just would be more of a transition like with what we saw from Kansas City, for, you know, from Alex Smith to uh, Patrick Mahomes. Right. No, I, I hear you on that. Like, you know, we could just keep Garoppolo. And, but, you know, I'm thinking they might want to get somebody who can make an impact now. But we'll see. I mean, you never know with this with this stuff, man. So we'll just have to stay tuned and, you know, watch what happens. But I don't know, man. I'm, I'm still with the – I'm still on fields until otherwise. But uh, we'll see what happens, though. I'll be a match. Hey, man, I appreciate it, dude. Good, good hearing from you. Make sure you uh, jump in here all the time, man, more often. Absolutely, man. Keep doing y'all thing, man. Y'all killing it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get back in the background, man, but uh, keep doing <laughs> your thing. Nah, man, you're welcome anytime, dude. I appreciate you. So the one thing, the one you guys can hear me right now, right? Yeah. Okay. I think my, my locker room, room like stopped updating. So you'll have to like, and it does that sometimes. I'm not sure why. You'll have to, uh, just monitor the chat there, Croc. But, um, the big thing with me is, is now that you guys have kind of talked about it, I feel like if they're in win now mode and they, they're pretty, pretty, in, not intent, but if they're pretty okay with running it back with Jimmy Garoppolo, then I think corner might be the pick because it's like, man, you get the corner, Manuel Mosley slides inside, your rookie comes in, you got Jason Verrett, and I feel like that's the pick that would immediately pay the biggest dividends right away. Like, you'd have a, a brand new starting corner in there. We'll see how well he does. He's a rookie too. You can, you know, we'll see. 
but it just it would be an immediate plus. Whereas you know a quarterback could be more of a future investment depending on when they decided to start him. They they've shored up the offensive line. Could they go like a right guard? I guess, but you don't want to necessarily do that in the first round. You know, nah, the wide going. receiver, right, the, the the wide receiver core is pretty good. I do feel like they're going to draft a wide receiver, but I don't necessarily think it'd be in the first round. I could see, you know, like you said, Kyle Pitts maybe could be somebody that steps in there immediately and, and has a big impact. But it's like, dude, a, a, another premier corner to step in there and start shutting guys down, especially when the 49ers are planning on having that, that you know, something, a very, very similar pass rush to when they made their Super Bowl run. It, it could just pay dividends, you know. Maybe that's the pick that has the biggest impact right away. Not to say other picks wouldn't be wrong, but maybe that's the one that that, that has the the biggest chance of just stepping in right away and, and making a change. So, um, Croc, I, I guess, you know what, I'm going to make, since it's not updating for me, I'm, I tried to make you the host. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. I just wanted you to be able to uh, allow somebody else to do speaker requests. So you let me know okay. if it's working or not. Uh, did it uh, right. did it tell you I made you the host at all? No. Nah, not yet. Okay. All right. Well, the night, yeah, because I can't see speaker requests. The chat's not updating for me. I guess this is the, uh, you know, the downside to a new room. Because I mean, we're already at an hour and fifteen minutes, but I didn't want to pack it up yet. I feel like we still had a a lot of good uh, some good conversations going on, but I'm not exactly sure. Let's just do this. Let's just say for now, ignore the speaker requests. Don't put in a speaker request. If you got a question, put it in the chat. Crocker will see it. And, and we'll read that off. You know, we'll spend the last however long of the podcast, 10, 15 minutes or so, just uh, reading questions in the chat. So is there anything in there we can get started with, Croc? Yeah, all right. Um, I'll start from – let's scroll up a little bit. Okay, we'll actually go back. I think I saw somebody much earlier in the, in the, in the chat ask about, I want to say, the receiver position and if or if we feel 49ers will maybe sign a free agent or go the draft route. I think, I, think, I think they'll do both. I think they'll do both. I think they're waiting yeah. to see kind of – they probably have a, a, a little crop of like three or four receivers, free agent receivers that they're interested in right now. And I think they're kind of waiting to narrow that down, to wait, waiting to where free agency kind of narrows that down to maybe like one or two because then they can kind of get that, you know, the, the free agency value they're looking for. Um, and, but it will also be somebody that can step in and play. So I think that I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers signed a, a free agent of the caliber where you're like, oh, yeah, this guy can step in and play right away. But I also I also expect him to draft one or two receivers this year because that that position is just kind of real thin, and they need to get some guys yeah. in there. All right, so that was one question. Um, another one, let's see, right here. Uh, Croc loves Horn, but if it were Sertain or Farley, you know, who do you prefer, prefer for RD? I would say probably Farley, because he played a ton of off coverage, um, a little inconsistent as a press corner, but uh, has the ability to be a good press corner, in my you know, uh, uh, opinion. I, I just think he just needs more reps at it. So, um, yeah, that, w- that was one question. Let's see. Um, uh, sorry, guys, bear with us here. I'm scrolling through the questions. Thoughts on Michael Parsons. Do you know who Mark- Michael Parsons is? He's a linebacker. So no, yeah, he's a linebacker from Penn State, um, freakish linebacker. I want to say the fourth. I know he's like one of like the the top prospects, right? Like like a top yeah. ten, top ten to fifteen prospect, easy. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I don't, uh, I don't you know. I don't know. I I wouldn't be able to speak on him. What do you know, man? And and that's one of those players where you know everybody kind of gets caught up in you know the offensive linemen, the receivers, the quarterbacks. You know, all going top ten. 
And then it's like, well, what about Parsons, who's like a freak linebacker? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he's somebody who somebody's going to be like, man, forget Trey Lance. I want this freaky linebacker. So, um, you know, I could see him being taken by maybe like Atlanta, right? Everybody thinks that Atlanta's taking quarterback. I don't think so. One, they just restructured Matt Ryan's contract. But two, but Matt Ryan is still playing good football. Yeah, he's still playing good football. And you're a new coaching staff, a brand new coach staff, brand new GM, right, to this team. The first thing you're going to do is like, oh, let's attach ourselves to a top five quarterback when we have Matt Ryan. Like, no, nah, man, like, you write it out with Matt Ryan. We have a really good quarterback. We have good receivers. Let's build other places. Let's make this transition smoother for me. Like, could you imagine if Kyle Shanahan went to the 49ers and, okay, I'm picking top two, but I have Matt, Matt Ryan. Hell, he didn't even have Matt Ryan. He didn't even have Kirk Cousins, but he knew he wanted them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so, like, if, if, if I'm Atlanta, I'm not taking a quarterback at four. I'm either trading back or I'm taking uh, an impact player like a linebacker so that I can, you know, have something for my, you know, good, really good quarterback and, you know, like a Julio Jones and Ridley and all these guys. So um, I don't see Atlanta taking quarterback. They could be somebody that takes a linebacker. Will you take a linebacker at that high? Maybe. I think we just saw Tampa Bay take Devin White top 10, like top five or like at pick five or something like that. So, and he's, Played very well for Tampa. So, uh, yeah, um, I, I could see Parsons going really high. Hey, Sonny Weaver took Vontae Mack number one overall, bro. Like, Man. if, 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 <laughs> I really hope you know what I just referenced, Crocker. Yeah, that movie. Okay, good, good, good. I was like, man, please tell me that didn't go over Crocker's head. But yeah, I love yeah. that movie. It gets a lot of heat, but I think it's fun to watch it's just <laughs> because it's ridiculous. But, yeah. um, so, I mean, and that, dude, that's, I mean, I, I was just looking at, at some of his stuff while you were talking about him, and, and those are those picks that kind of, like, turn the draft on its head, and everybody thinks this guy's going to go at this pick, and then, you know, NFL teams consistently think very, very different than, than what you read up until the draft. So that could definitely be something that, that goes the way. And, and I don't know how he is in coverage, but I think the 49ers with Fred Warner are showing that there are guys out there that can do everything. You know, and, right. and, and, and a coverage linebacker is become more, becoming more valuable now than it ever has been just by the way offenses are attacking defenses. So that could definitely be something that, that rolls through. I don't know how he is in coverage, but if he's a freak, then he's probably pretty good at it. But Oh, um, I think I have the thing now. Let's see. Okay, so we do have a speaker request. Okay, roll it, roll it. All right, yeah, it just, up, it just updated for me too. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Okay, Tony, Tony, you are on. Uh, long time uh, listener I've been following you guys through Twitter uh, I'm a super fan of your room I'm, uh, I actually I'm new to podcast this year but uh, I really like the material you guys bring in there and uh, I've been a Niner fan since uh, 1980 since I was a kid and I'm really excited in the direction the team is going this year I'm kind of hoping uh, that you know we we get a quarterback this year early. I don't know if the Niners will have the same chance drafting this high in the future. And I also had a thought I want to ask you. There's something on Twitter that has a, there's a DB out of uh, New England that's got a second-round tender on it. And I was going to mm. want to get your opinion on that. What do you guys think? He's had a bunch of interceptions last year. And the year before, that, I think he had seven interceptions, total of 17 in the last two years. 
Uh, I know Croc, you being the DV, you can, maybe you can give me your input on that. Tell me what you think. JC yeah, no, Jackson. Yeah, yeah. JC Jackson. I, I really like him. You know, it was weird. I want to say JC Jackson came out a few years ago from, it was either Maryland or North Carolina. I don't know why I'm thinking of those two teams, but it was one of those teams I believe he came from. But either way, like JC Jackson, what the, what the Patriots do, the Patriots play a lot of matchup stuff. So they, 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 they draft these different style of court, cornerbacks and then they just be like, all right, you go take him, you go take him. And then they just play a whole lot of men, especially on third downs. Um, JT Jackson played man extremely well. So he is more of a, they play, they'll mix in quarters, especially like on early downs. And then when it's really like nut cutting time, they'll, they'll line up with their guys and press and he presses extremely well. Um, there is one video that's probably floating around out there where, like, he fell on the ground and gave up a touchdown to, I want to say it was Brashard Perryman. But that was very rare. Like, he didn't get beat like that. More times than not, he he played sticky man coverage in good position uh, to make plays on the ball. Now, again, it's tough with the 49ers because, one, I don't know what they are. Um, I don't know what their new scheme is going to be with D'Amico Ryans as, as coordinator. Maybe he sticks with the same thing that they've been doing. Maybe he, you know – uh, tweak some things and has his own thought process on how he wants to do things. So there's that question mark there with if he'll fit with what they want to do. And then the other part of it is if, if it's me, I probably would still go the draft route uh, over taking him with the second round tender and then having to pay him a lot of money next year. Uh, you know, just because the 49ers are investing so much money into other places and other players. I think you want to try to get, even if it's a cornerback, somebody on more of a cheaper contract moving forward. So um, that's kind of how I would look at it. Uh, I think, you know, if a team does, uh, you know, snatch him up from the Patriots, it would probably be, you know, more of a, a team that's a little bit more desperate at the cornerback position. Uh, you know, and looking at the Patriots, maybe they're trying to get people to want to take him, like, because, thinking like, man, why would they give him a second-round tender? I'm pretty sure a team would snatch that up. And maybe they're thinking, well, we're already paying Stephon Gilmore a ton of money. We don't want to have to pay or get in position where we have to pay J.C. Jackson a ton of money next year. Let's just give him a second-round tender. Hopefully somebody bites because that's not, you know, uh, a lot that you have to give up. And then they're able to move on from him. So um, I'm interested to see how they play out. But I, I just don't see the 49ers doing it just because, yeah, it's good this year and it's probably low money this year. But moving forward, you're going to have to probably pay him big-time money. I agree 100%. With you. I really appreciate your opinion, your input. You guys are both awesome. Uh, I'm really hooked on to your podcast. And keep up the great job. Thank you very much for letting me speak. Oh, I appreciate oh, it, Tony. Appreciate man, thanks, for the, uh, thanks for the nice words, man. It's, it's very yeah. kind of you. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, that was a good one. Um, let's see. We had we had a couple more uh, questions. Let's see. Somebody. Oh, um, do you think we can still make a push for Deshaun Watson? Um, and we kind of answered that a little bit. I'll let you talk about it. You know, a little bit first on what you think. Yeah, I mean, I think they could. It, to me, the Deshaun Watson. They're the Forty ers One, the biggest chip. People need to keep this in mind because I, even I forget about it all the time. The biggest chip in the Deshaun Watson trade scenario is where he wants to go because he has a no trade clause. He can turn down every offer he wants and something strikes me. Deshaun is, is, is prideful enough and stubborn enough. And I don't mean that as a, as, as a disparage at all. It's a compliment. 
to he will he will wait until he gets exactly what he wants. And he will drag that out as long as he needs to. And he does not have to go anywhere he does not want to go because he has a no trade clause. So he has to agree to waive that in order to get traded. So uh, any team that Deshaun Watson wants to go to is in the hunt for Deshaun Watson. And then it just becomes a bidding war. I mean, there was a rumor that Deshaun Watson wants to go to either the 49ers or the Broncos. And if he is basically 50-50 on those or is down with either one, then he now can just force a bidding war between the Broncos and the 49ers because he has told the Texans that those are the only two options. And then it comes back and forth. And, and, and again, I know that people don't want to hear this, but if a bidding war for somebody like Deshaun Watson comes up, it's going to cost a lot and it's going to hurt. But you got to realize that Deshaun Watson's walking in the door. But the 49ers have better players than the Broncos. The 49ers have better players than the Broncos. The 49ers have, if it, if it came down to offering players in the trade, I feel like the 49ers would be able to win out in that department because it's going to come down to more than just this year's pick. The Broncos have an earlier pick than the 49ers, but just barely. And it's going to come down to who puts together the best trade package. And I feel like the 49ers would be able to do that. And it's just going to also include really good players. And that's just the way it is. So I feel like the the 49ers or the Deshaun Watson thing can definitely still happen. I still consider it like a unicorn, uh, a fairy tale, uh, you know, a, a a crazy story, you know, Hollywood stuff. I I just it's just hard to believe that that could happen, especially to the team that you are, you know, that you cover the 49ers. Like, could, could they really land Deshaun Watson? That's like hard to believe, but it's still a reality. It could definitely happen. It just seems like something that's like, you know, it's like a fable. Like, this can't be real. Like, you know, so it, it could definitely happen. It's just going to be a process. Yeah. Um, I, I just said, like I said before, you know, you talked about kind of people bidding for them and whatnot. It, it just seems like the 49ers just aren't desperate enough to trade for them. Now, if they have to, if their hands are tight and they have to trade into the Niners, maybe that can take a little bit off of what you would have to give for them, and that would make it more, you know, possible. But even then, like, and kind of going back to what uh, Colin Cowherd said, like, they're kind of freeing up space to be able to play with a younger quarterback, you know, on a rookie contract. You bring in Deshaun Watson, like, he's cheap this year, but he's paid, paid next year. You know, so then you run into that <laughs> issue. You know, you run into that issue. So um, I, I'm still kind of leaning more towards, no, I don't think it'll happen. But I always say, like, you know, anything can happen. But I, I just – I wouldn't bet my money on it. No, not at all. Deshaun Watson's cap hit goes from $16 million this year to $40 million next year. So uh, now obviously you have to take into account that Jimmy Garoppolo's cap hit is like, I don't know, $26, 27000000 million. So the 49ers are really only adding about 13 14 whatever that math is. But, I mean, that's still a lot of money. And then that cap hit, cap hit is $42.4 million the year after that and almost $40 million the year after that. So he doesn't get really any more any cheaper. But, again, that's easy money to spend when you're talking about somebody like Deshaun Watson. It's just, you know, it, it just, again, it's the, the, the possibility is there. It just seems outside the realm of reality. It's just, it's just such a crazy thing to think about. But we'll see. We'll see. 
I mean, I mean, I mean, I've heard people say that they think Carolina is going to sell the farm to get Watson, and and if Watson wants to go to Carolina, that could happen. And if that happened before the draft, then that would really help the 49ers out if they wanted a quarterback, because then one of the one of the teams that seems like a for sure thing to go to quarterback is now off the board when it comes to that position, and and you know that's when somebody that really shouldn't slide to the 49ers all of a sudden does. So, uh, you know, or, or at least they get a, a, a better op- opportunity to trade up. So, All right. Um, another question here before we get to – we have a speaker request. But uh, one of our McGlinchey's contracts are coming up next year. This is from Layton. So it seems like a lot on the books. Uh, doesn't it make more sense to draft a top QB this year? And he said, OG, listening, you know, first-time poster. <laughs> right, so, yeah, I, look, Layton, I, I agree. You knock out that quarterback position now. Now going in next year, where you know you're you're looking into having to pay a guy like Fred Warner, looking to having to pay um, you know McGlinchey if you even you know retain him or whatnot. He say you want to let McGlinchey walk. I think next year is a much better time to let him walk and be able to replace him then, whereas like he's completely off the books. And we can just attack that in the draft. We can attack attack on the draft or in free agency. You know so. Um, that's just my opinion where you take a quarterback now where you're closer to the top of the you know first round, you just kind of give yourself more room for you know opportunity to address other positions next year. That, that's just my opinion. And the quarterback position is going to be a hard one to address moving forward. And then you might end up – and you see guys like look at the Vikings. They're kind of like stuck with Kirk Cousins where it's like, oh, we like them. But, man, they probably wish they would were in this position to be able to – you know, kind of move up and, and take a quarterback. Yep. Give me up. Keep it rolling, man. All right, here we go. So, speaker request. Ryan, you are on. Can you hear us, Ryan? Yeah, what's up, guys? What's up, what man? up, Ryan? Hey, I just have a question about Watson. I know it's a pipe dream, pipe dream and all, but where would you draw the line on a potential Watson trade? Is it, like, too many first-round picks? Is it, like... Nick Bosa, George Kittle, Fred Warner. Like, what what is the line for you guys? I, I think it's more of the, the the starters. You know what I'm saying? The defensive starters or, or the multiple starters that they want. You know, if it's just if, – if they were just like, hey, we want four first-round picks, I'd give that up in a heartbeat. Like, okay, you want our four first-round picks for the next four years? Great. So we still have second round, third round, fourth round, fifth round, all these other picks that we're, you know, able to utilize to, you know, continue to build the roster, great. But when you start throwing in, you know, players like Nick Bosa and, you know, Fred Warner and stuff like that, and I'm not saying I wouldn't. I, it's just not ideal. <laughs> it's not ideal. I don't know what you really draw the line at. Um, you know, I would just kind of have to see what they're looking for, what the, you know, and then how that kind of lines up with, with our team building strategy. You know, you don't want to – you don't want to veer off too far from what your team building strategy is either for a quarterback. Cause then it's like, what type of situation are you bringing him into? So um, ideally I wouldn't want to give up starters that I, I, I possibly would, but I definitely don't want to. It's, it's tough. I mean, <laughs> I want to say that there is no line as far as who I'd be willing to give up. I really don't think anybody's off the table. But to me, somebody like Nick Bosa, he's worth like two first-round picks. And, you know, so if you're going to give up a Nick Bosa, then maybe you're only giving up a, a first-round pick in addition to that and maybe some, some more. Or at the absolute most, two first-round picks in addition to Nick Bosa. 
I mean, that hurts because Nick Bosa, by all intents and purposes, looks like he's going to be one of the best pass rushers in the NFL for a long time. But again, like, if you can find a way to get somebody like Deshaun Watson in the building without truly sacrificing the identity of your team on either side of the ball, then you're in the money. Now, the 49ers defense was really good this season despite not having Nick Bosa. So the 49ers defense can still be really good. It will not be what it is with Nick Bosa. But the 49ers defense has shown that it could still be really good. And then all of a sudden you go from 20-something points a game to 30-something points a game. And in terms of averages, that's a huge jump. Uh, because you brought in somebody like Deshaun Watson that all of a sudden is just making all these ridiculous plays. And so, I, I mean, as far as the players involved, I will not not – I will not hang up the phone no matter who's mentioned, but it just makes the, the, the trade compensation that much more narrow. So, like, yeah, you can have Nick Bosa, sure, but we're not giving you much more in addition to that because that guy is really good. You know, and, and even then, it still hurts. <laughs> like, giving away something like hurt. that, that hurts, but it's like it's a quarterback. It's an elite quarterback that's like 20, like low 20 years old. Like, man, and, and now you're pairing him with what could be the best offensive coordinator in the NFL. Like, that shit's crazy. You're talking about Chiefs-level offense, if not better. You know, and, and some things, like, you just – I just want to fucking see that. <laughs> yeah, man. And then um, yeah. my second question is, I call them the big three, but um, could you rank the – how willing you'd be able to move off Kittle, Warner, and Bosa? Like, Rate them as mo- most willing to least willing. Most willing, I'd go Warner, Kittle, Bosa. Like so, I'd be most willing to move off Warner, and then it would be Kittle, and then it would be Bosa. Would be the last person I'm willing to move off of, probably on the entire roster. What do you uh, What do you think, Croc? Yeah, I- I'd say the same order. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's why, that's why we're that's why we're doing this thing together, bro. Yeah. All right. Thank, thanks, guys. Hey, Ryan. Appreciate you, man. Yeah. We are we are at an hour and thirty eight minutes, bro. Yeah. That shit flies by. Are we ready to call it? I don't want to. I don't want to leave anybody hanging, but it seems like a natural time to call it. Uh, we'll we'll, we'll answer this last question and then that'll be okay. our, from uh, Grant OG, where he says, uh, "Can you guys please give me any scenario to not take a QB at twelve? It just seems like the only move for me. Well, one, the the quarterback that you probably really like might not be there at 12. So, you know, from that standpoint, you might have no choice <laughs> to not take a quarterback there. Uh, but just, you know, just not taking a quarterback in the first round in general, not moving up for a quarterback, I'm all for it. So I might be the wrong person to kind of ask this because I'd be <laughs> moving up. But, um you know, if you were just to say, no, nah, we're fine, we're just going to, you know, rock with Garoppolo, then, you know, there are other positions that we've talked about where I feel like making an impact. I really like the thought of Kyle Pitts. I really th- like the thought of J.C. Horn. So, you know, in, even at 12. I think the biggest thing for me, the the easiest, and Croc basically already said it, is don't reach for a quarterback. Let's say you have, let's say you have um, Justin Fields as your highest rated quarterback or maybe he's your third-rated quarterback and Mac Jones is like your fourth. 
well, Justin Fields goes before your pick, and Mac Jones is like 15th or 16th on your big board, but you're picking at 12, and there's good players that are maybe in your top 10 still chilling there just by the way everything's fallen, you know, where the draft board has fallen. Like, don't force a quarterback. That's the only way I'm not taking quarterback at 12. Like, don't force it just because you feel like you have to have one. You know, if there's – that's the situation. I mean, that's pretty much it. Like, I don't want them to force a quarterback there despite there being better players on the board just because they feel like they absolutely have to have a quarterback. But if a quarterback comes within reach or falls to you that you have, you know, valued around that pick or above, then then that's when it becomes, you know, of course you take them. But it, it just don't – I don't think they should force it. And that's what the 49ers have said. We're not in a position where we have to force anything. If we have to run it back with Jimmy Garoppolo, we run it back with Jimmy Garoppolo. But And the 49ers good at kind of letting things play out and, and see how they fall. So um, that's the only situation where I wouldn't take a quarterback at 12 is if you're clearly forcing it with a quarterback that probably shouldn't be taken that high. That's like that's a Mond or like a Trask or even, I mean, you know how I feel about Mac Jones. I really like him, but I would not take him in at pick 12. I just wouldn't take him at pick right, 12. Right, right, right. Well, all right, guys. I mean, I, I again, this episode was, was all about kind of interacting with you guys and going back and forth and getting our speaker requests in and reading the chat. And hopefully we're not leaving everybody anybody disappointed or leaving anybody behind. But we are, like I said, we're at an hour and 40 minutes on the timer. And that is a good run for us. So we are going to wrap it up today. Hey, and I say this every time, and I will never not say it. I appreciate everybody who was in the locker room this entire time. I appreciate everybody listening to this podcast. Again, just to say it again, the Android app, if if you're listening to the podcast and you haven't had a chance to be in the locker room, it's coming soon, so hang in there. Uh, we're looking forward to having you on here too. Uh, but I appreciate everybody that jumped in here. Uh, it just it just makes for such a cool experience to do this with you guys, and I'm still getting used to it, and it's still hella fun. Um, but I love see and I love seeing the same old faces in the room. Like we got we got our our regulars, our first regulars, which is awesome. So um, I appreciate everybody for being in here. I appreciate everybody listening to the podcast, jumping in the locker room. Uh, but hey, for another episode, we will see you again Sunday night at seven. But this is striking gold. That's Eric. I'm Rob, and we're signing out. Justice for a killer with a spoon. Peace.